Last week at the Easter Vigil, we lit our new Paschal candle from the fire, and after lighting the candle, I inserted those five pins which remind us of the wounds of Christ. But if you were here at the vigil, you may have noticed that uh, a few of the pins kept falling out because um, <laughs> I wasn't pressing in strongly enough. There was not enough tension on the candle. I thought at the time, that's a good little analogy for the spiritual life. You see, the Christian life requires tension. On one hand, God gives himself to us as a pure gift, and especially his wounds. Right? They're his gift to us. But at the same time, if we want that gift to impact our life, we need to press into it. The magic happens when we lean into God as God leans into us. This week, we are starting a new homily series where we are focusing on how we are invited to press in to the gift of Easter, to the, the, the hope and the life and the power of the resurrection. This series is inspired by the teaching of St. Paul in his letter to the Romans. He's teaching the young Christians how to live as Easter people. And he says this, We know that our old self was crucified with him so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So here's, here's what you need to do, he says. You need to consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. That's the title of this series we're embarking on today. Dead to sin and alive to God. If you didn't hear Father Cam's Easter homily last week, I want to encourage you to go back and have a listen. You'll find it on our website or on our podcast. It was really powerful. And in it, uh, Father Cam was talking about how through Easter, God wants to lead us into a freedom and a hope and a meaning and a purpose which is radically new, like nothing we've known before. There is a profound newness to the resurrection, yeah? And God wants to share that newness with us. He wants us to experience it, to taste it in our lives. But this new life requires us to adopt a new way of thinking, a new way of believing. Otherwise, what happens is that fear and doubt get the better of us and we revert back to our old ways, yeah, to our old patterns, St. Paul's saying something very similar here. He's saying, if you want to live in the hope and the glory and the promise of Easter, you need to consider yourself dead to sin. You need to let go of some old ways of thinking and living so that you can more fully come alive in the risen life of God. And so in the first two weeks of this series, we're going to reflect on what it looks like to consider yourself dead to sin. And in the final weeks, We'll then uh, reflect a bit on what we can do to step into the Easter life and, and really come alive in God. I want to start today, though, with what I think is one of the greatest barriers to flourishing in the life of God. And it's a dynamic I've been very familiar with in my own life. 
Uh, from my late teenage years and my early adult uh, years, I, I went through a period where I was making some very poor choices, very poor. Uh, choices that were hurting me, they were hurting others, and no doubt grieving the heart of God. And I look back at those choices now and uh, I kind of see them differently. You know, I, I realise that so often they were coming out of my insecurity. They were coming out of my desperation. But still, when I, even now, when I look back at that period, I, I, you know, I'm still embarrassed. I'm so humbled when I kind of remember uh, some of those decisions I was making. I knew that they were not, they were not the right thing to do. Somehow, though, in the midst of all that messiness in my life, God got a hold of me and uh, I just started to realise how detrimental those choices were, ultimately to me and my own flourishing. And so I made a commitment to change, to change my environment and change my ways. I, I took all of that junk and, and just brought it to God in confession. Uh, I really started to lean in to my faith in a whole new way. But in the years that followed, I realised that my past was still a problem. You see, I believed that God had forgiven me, but I was still carrying this idea that God was holding my mistakes against me. I thought that my failures disqualified me from receiving the deepest desires of my heart. And because of that, I never really allowed myself to put my best foot forward. I didn't give myself permission to, to step into my potential. My, my past was like this heavy weight weighing me back or holding me back from, from really pressing into the life that God had given me. Now, unfortunately, I'm not alone in this. Many of us have this similar kind of experience. Many of us carry a view of God uh, which is kind of resembles the same one that I carried for so long. Many of us battle with these little gremlins that want to provoke the memory of our failures and leave us feeling guilty and shameful and disempowered. Many of us carry a belief that God is holding our mistakes against us, that our past is a problem. And, you know, what makes this belief so powerful is that it is so subtle. It lurks deep in our psyche. It's almost hidden from our awareness. You know, last week, Father Cam was talking about the fear that we sometimes feel when God takes us into a new place. And I think underneath that fear is a question. It's like, is God really that powerful? Can, can this new life really last? But when it comes to being forgiven by God, I think the question is a little bit different. I think we're wondering to ourselves, is, is God really that good? Does he really forgive and forget? Does he really give us a fresh start? The simple answer to that very deep and very important question is yes. This is the message of the cross. 
that God's power of forgiveness leaves no stone unturned. It is comprehensive and definitive. We've just celebrated on Good Friday, huh? That Jesus is our spotless lamb because he was sinless. He became our perfect sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world. He has definitively dealt with our failures, past, present and future. Yes, God really is that good. Did you hear it in the psalm today? Psalmist says, let the sons of Israel say, his love has no end. Let the sons of Aaron say, his love has no end. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love has no end. Did you hear that? Did you receive it? Did you believe it? His love has no end. No end. (laughs) Yes, he is that good. We give it another example of it today in the gospel. The disciples were locked up in the room, it said, for fear of the Jews. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't just because of fear of the Jews. I'm pretty sure that they were also hiding because they were embarrassed and they were ashamed that they'd abandoned, they denied their brother and their master. And what do we do when we're embarrassed and ashamed? We hide, don't we? But Jesus broke into that locked room, into that deep place within them. And did you hear his first word? Shalom. Peace. Peace isn't a good kind of explanation of shalom, right? It's Shalom is getting to the deepest peace, right? The peace that can only come from a soul that has been touched and healed by mercy. Jesus says, shalom. Brothers, his love has no end, no limits. A little bit earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus put it a little bit more simply for us. He said, if the Son sets you free, then you are free indeed. You're not partially free. He didn't say that. He said, you're free indeed. You're not free for now. And I'll hold it against you, just, you know, maybe I'll bring it up later. No, no, no. you're free indeed. Comprehensively free, definitively free, radically free. You're free now to press into your deepest desires, to flourish and live your best life. That is why we call it amazing grace, my friends. Now, Sometimes because of our pride. Sometimes because we haven't quite been properly taught. We can be really slow to believe in this amazing grace, right? In this good news. Or, or, or you know, sometimes we, we get kind of lost in that critical voice and, and we just forget the amazing grace. We forget it, right? We get stuck here. That's why in the Old Testament, God would continually send prophets to his people to remind them and to realign them with his promises, to help them to change their thoughts and beliefs. And, 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 and that is also true for the saints. That's what the saints do for us, including St. Faustina, who we are remembering today on this Feast of Divine Mercy. God spoke to her 
and said, look, you've got to remind my people something because they've forgotten again. This is what he asked. He gave her lots of stuff to pass on, but this is what I've got for you today, right? He said, proclaim that mercy is the greatest attribute of God, the greatest All the works of my hands are crowned with mercy. I am love and mercy itself. Let no soul fear to draw near to me, even though its sins may be a scarlet. My mercy is greater than your sins and those of the entire world. So come, come with trust and draw grace from this fountain of mercy. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. God's invitation is to trust in divine mercy. Mercy, a mercy that is perfect and relentless. That is what St. Paul means when he says we need to die to sin. It means, yes, it means letting go of our sinfulness, right? It means making an effort to change our behaviour. But it also means letting go of the idea that our past has power over us, that our mistakes are a problem to God. I love St. Paul. At one point he says, this is what I do. I forget what is behind. And I strain onwards to the goal that is before me, the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. It took me years to really grasp, to accept this gift of amazing grace. Finally, one day I was at a retreat and I was being prayed with and I had this most profound and beautiful experience of God loving me and totally accepting me in the midst of all my imperfections. And that was the moment. That was the moment that I knew. That was the moment that that amazing grace had gone from here to here. And, 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 and suddenly I was convinced that my past was no longer a problem to God, that God is that good that he can love me and bless me and use me in spite of all my mistakes. His love is everlasting. That encounter opened up my life in miraculous ways. And... Um, It's no doubt why I'm standing before you today. I'm pretty sure that this is the deepest freedom we can experience as humans. It's the freedom that comes from an encounter with God's amazing grace. There's nothing like it. The gift of divine mercy. What could be different for you? What could be possible for you if you were able to believe in God's gift of perfect mercy, that your problems were no problem to God, that your past was no problem to God? What could be possible for you if you really accepted that? I want to leave you with one very practical thing that you can do to put to death that lingering effect of sin. If you've already brought your mistakes, your regrets, your sins, if you've already brought them to the sacrament of reconciliation and you've really given them to God from a contrite heart and you're doing your best to change those ways, if you've done all that, then here's here's what I recommend you do. Whenever the memories of your failures come back and start convicting you again, 
When you notice yourself thinking that your past is a problem, I want to encourage you simply to acknowledge those thoughts and then let them go. Acknowledge them as often as they come and let them go. Every time you do that is an act of faith and trust. Notice the memory, notice the judgment and let it go. Give it to God. And as you're giving it to God, you might also repeat the words given to St. Faustina. Jesus, I trust in you. Acknowledge the thought. Give it to God. Jesus, I trust in you. I trust in your perfect sacrifice and the amazing grace of your divine mercy. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.